expert on the occult. And uh, how does one say it? Obtainer of rare antiquities. One way of saying it. Why don't you sit down? You'd be more comfortable. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Uh, Spielberg, you know, we've all heard his spiel on uh, Spielberg. I get it now. Uh, the greatest film ever made. If Harrison Ford and the bad guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit had Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. Das Hörerfuhr. Okay. Is that, what was that? Is that German, I guess? That was German for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah There's a TikTok, I... uh, TikTok channel where it's like it's the map of the world, right? And then yeah. like somebody will say, hey, hospital. This is a oh, thing. Yeah. Hospital. <laughs> And then America's like, yeah, hospital. And then France is like, oh, hospital. And then Spain's like, hospital. And like all these other countries. And then it just shows German and it's like, Krankenhaus. Krankenhaus. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that dance so much. Oh. And then like every, oh. now, and then, every now and then, it'll, it'll actually be a word that's actually pretty similar. Oh, yeah. And, and then everyone's like, oh, that was. That was nice. Good job, Germany. And then, of course, like one random, then there's one other country that has something bizarre. And so I'm like, oh, it wasn't Germany this time. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Butterfly is, is what? Schmetterling. Yeah. Yeah. Schmetterling. Crankenhouse yeah. still sounds like a. Crankenhouse is the perfect one, though. I mean, that's pretty great. It's, it sounds like a rave, right? Yeah. Kind of sounds like what? It kind of sounds like what middle school kids turn their bedrooms into. The cranking house. Yeah. Cranking house. house. Yeah. What yeah. are you doing tonight? Um, cranking house. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Gross. Well, this is episode 437. 437. Ooh. And tonight we're talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, I learned something tonight, not tonight, uh, a week or so ago when I started doing this, is that the Indiana Jones, um, like the 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 Indiana Jones subtitle, whatever, didn't come until the second movie. This is just called Raiders of the Lost Ark. So oh, I did I, not know that. Seriously. So I'm, so I'm typing in Indiana Jones. It comes in and the Temple of Doom and the Last Crusade and the Christ, King with the Crystal Skull. And where's uh-huh. where's Raiders? So then I delete, 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 delete. R A I D Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So. You learn something new every day. I see. I didn't know that. I also didn't know until about like three years ago that the second movie is a prequel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a year one. before. Just again, I've only seen honestly, and we'll get to this next week. Obviously, I've only seen the second one like maybe four times ever. Like, really? All the way, all the way through. See, the second one was always on TV growing up. Like huh. always on TV. Yeah. So I always saw Temple of Doom. I never see. I never saw Raiders. In fact, I might have seen Raiders maybe three times now, all the way through. Yeah. So it just was never available. Yeah. Wow. I get that, and that's kind of like the opposite. Like you're not wrong, and I am going to introduce our guest who is being very patient. Um, <laughs> and I, I have introduced. Uh, I have introduced. I have watched Temple of Doom the same way. It was always on like the UPN or 
the the Chicago station, uh, WGN or something like that. Like he was always on, but it was always like the same part of the movie. It was always as the plane is about to crash and they jump out in the in the life raft. Oh yeah, and then they yeah. sled down, and then once they got to the temple, I was out. I was like, ah, oh, this part's scary. I don't want to watch this, and I'd, I'd I'd stop the movie. So I'd watch the same thirty minutes of the movie, the first thirty minutes, and then I'd be good. Anyway. So, this is episode, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is what we're doing tonight. And this is kind of a special thing that we're going to do. And I'll explain to that after I in, uh, finally intro the show and our guest. Uh, <laughs> I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. Get this mother effing snake off this mother effing plane, Jimison. Kalima. <laughs> no, wrong, wrong one. Wrong, wrong one. one. Okay. Wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, did I watch the wrong? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just a week ahead. Uh, hey, guys. Hey, buddy. Hey, Andrew. Sam, never get into a fist fight on an airplane runway, Vector. The penitent man may pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and Sean, um, just so, just, just. Just stand right here for just a second while this this plane is moving around, yeah. and uh, don't move out of the way. But just stand there as the the propeller uh, gets to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. Just so you know. No, yeah, sure, no problem. I got you. And making his um, very anticipated return. I don't know if that's <laughs> how I would say it, but making his return is Eric. Always travels by map from the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast. Part time, and the reason I say that is because we went yeah. temple last yeah. crusade. <laughs> That's the only was, one I can think of in about five seconds. I'm thinking, what quote can you say from that movie? That right, I was like, oh my god, right? Think, and think, think. we totally painted you into a corner on that yeah. one. Sorry about that. <laughs> Listen, I was, I now, was, now, which way do you want me to say it? The way he says it in the trailer, or the way he says it in the movie? Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> I think the joke works better right. in the trailer. It does. Yes. I, I the inflection's always, way off. Part time. Yeah, part time. <laughs> Whereas in the in the trailer, he's like part time. Like yeah, he, he's, he's very confident. Know. Yeah, you're you're a professor. Part time. Like oh yeah. And then you're in the theater. It's like part time. Like Stephen, <laughs> no. can we get another take on that? That was bad. <laughs> no, that's that's the one we're going to use in the movie. Definitely. <laughs> it's bad ADR. Bad. It is well again. It's just one of those where it's like they probably did it for safety, right? Like they, he he gets the line, he nails it, and they're like, let's just do one more for safety. Part well, time. Much, it's much like <laughs> in in Raiders because uh, there's uh, you can watch different versions of it with different voiceovers. You can have the original voiceover, which I think they've added on the 4K version, but when it was released in theaters, they ADR'd it with somebody else's voice, and the ADR yeah. is better than the original. Um, uh, you know, that's my pet snake, Reggie. He says it totally different um, in the 4K version because that's the actual actor himself doing the line. They just redubbed them when it first came out. It's really odd. So if you can see both versions, you'll you'll tell the difference in the in the delivery. And again, it doesn't. It works one way and it sucks the other way. It's so funny because when I was watching it for this viewing, and he said, "Oh, that's just my pet snake, Reggie," and I thought, "Wow, that sounds weird to me. Why yeah. does that sound weird?" Because the last probably 10 times I watched this was on VHS that my parents had. 
So it would no. have been probably the original or the, the, the theatrical version. Yeah. By the way, I've, I've got to brag on myself a little bit. Yeah. The, the place where he, he used the vine to jump into the river. Yeah. I did that exact same jump in Kauai. That they have it Kauai. set up. That was in really? Kauai. A lot of that, the, that start um, opening was in Kauai. And, yeah. you know, I reason we went to Kauai was because of Jurassic Park because we yeah. wanted to experience but they there's so many movies that are filmed there that it's it's you almost trip into a lot of the uh the <laughs> sets that uh, literally trip into some of the the sets that they use for some of these movies so yeah i was able to to uh swing on a rope like indiana jones into the the river where that's the plane cool. was waiting for him. that's great i love it that's really great yeah. All right, cool. So yeah, so this is Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1981, right? 1981 yep. is Raiders of the Lost Ark. And we are doing this as a uh, part one of a three series we're doing. We've never done this before. Well, we've done trilogies before, but the way we're doing it is we're doing one uh, Indiana Jones movie a month leading up to Indiana Jones 5 coming out in the theater. We've already done Crystal Skull. We're not doing it again, so we don't have to. Well, thank you. <laughs> oh, Lord, I was worried about that one. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we're, we're good. Uh, but we are going to do uh, so this one, and then next month uh, Eric is going to rejoin us for Temple of Doom, and then in two <laughs> months after that, or a month whatever, two months after that, then you will do uh, The Last Crusade. So I'm very excited for this. This is, again, something we've never done before, but I'm looking forward to it. And Eric has been so kind as to come on and just talk music with us that I thought, well, we need to have him on to talk actual movies. <laughs> and he said, this is what I want to do. And I said, absolutely. Because this Perfect. is like absolutely. your favorite, favorite film, right? This is like, my this favorite, is... favorite, favorite film. Because oh, you wow. have it on your wall over your right shoulder there. I mean, well, that's the, that, that was the teaser for Last Crusade. Okay. I, have, okay, I was about uh, to say that looked like Crusade. I have Temple right there. Nice. And nice. Raiders is downstairs in my my hallway. And, oh, so uh, it's it is on full display. Yeah, it's on full display. Like, and then I was gifted this for Christmas, and I'll pull it out later for you guys. That's an official Kenner Indiana Jones doll from 1983 huh? that wow. came in its nice. original package. A guy, I, a guy who I do um, uh, a podcast with, a live stream with, uh, soundtracks with Birdman. He sent me that. And it's like in mint condition and it is not cheap. And I just got it. And he sent me a note that said, um, before I opened it, it says, Eric, play the map room while opening this. And he goes, <laughs> I'll say no more. And so I literally <laughs> played the map room while I was opening this. And opens this <laughs> Kenner doll. Um, it's like, it's literally Ken, but with the uh -huh. likeness of... With the uh, hat and everything. Yeah, yeah. of Harrison Ford. And stubble? it's the same it doll they used for uh, Han Solo, just different eye colors. But the <laughs> clothes are all perfect. The whip is there. The gun is there. The holster's there. It's, uh, it was, a, okay. like, I don't collect these things. Like, all this stuff is, you know, I'm pointing to, it was all given to me by somebody. Oh, yeah. But that was pretty special. That was, uh, that was awesome. So, yeah. Sweet. Very cool. cool. I like it. Um, all right. So I'm excited to talk about this movie. This is um, this is going to be, I don't know if it's going to be a challenge or not, because this is one of those movies, right? We, we've, we've already done all of the Star Wars movies, which are, again, beloved by most. And, you know, we run the risk of when we do a movie like this, 
when one of us pokes a hole in something, are we going to incur the wrath, the wrath of the nerds, um, or <laughs> or not? You know, if 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 I, you know, if I invoke the, you know, the this we're going to talk about it later at length, but you know, the big bang, big big bang theory theory on this movie, I'm like, are we going to get some angry tweets? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. So. Before we do all that, though, Andrew, please tell us what IMDb has to say about this movie. In 1936, archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones is hired by the U.S. government to find the Ark of the Covenant before the Nazis can obtain its awesome face-melting powers. I added the face-melting, I'm sorry. I appreciate <laughs> because the Nazis only wanted to melt faces. And so... They hired Led Zeppelin. Can <laughs> <laughs> you imagine that scene, but like with Led Zeppelin playing instead of the the John Williams music? That'd have been interesting. Sorry, um, it was a it was a really really bad joke because the Zeppelin is. A, never mind. It's sorry. It's German. Yes, it's German. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, you know, it's, you're you're fine. But no, I just like I like the idea of like you know how they somebody put. Like all along the watchtower, or some other kind of uh, like seventies music to Star Wars Rogue Rogue One Uh when when they're when they're attacking the beach makes it feel like it's like a Vietnam War movie. Mm. It's 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 a lot of fun. Maybe not all along the watchtower. What's the other one? Creedence Um, Clearwater Revival. Yes, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, All right, so yeah, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So Sam has already admitted he's only seen this movie a handful of times. I've probably seen this movie. Uh, this is probably around 15 or 20 for me, you know, very, very, very double digits. Uh, but it's been years since I've seen it, but I was still quoting it. It was still, you know, driving my wife crazy. Uh, and, (laughs) and it was so funny. So I'll, I'll tell this and then we'll all do our five word reviews and go on. So I, I said, Hey, Declan, my son, my offspring. Uh, Is that what you told him? Declan, my son, my offspring? I do say that sometimes. I mean, not the offspring part, but I do say, Declan, my son, come. You are now (laughs) old enough to experience Indiana Jones. Okay, what's that? It's it's a movie that I loved as a kid, and uh, you are now old enough to watch this thing with me. To which my wife says, really? I said, it's PG. (laughs) But it's 1980-something PG. It's 1981 PG. (laughs) I didn't explain that. I just said PG. <laughs> so I said there's one part of the movie that's going to be a little scary, but for the rest of it, you were probably when she was be- taking off the clothes and putting on the nightgown. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> Ew. No, he no, he did say when they were kissing though. Uh, like, <laughs> he goes, Dad, you didn't tell me there was romance in this movie. And, oh my uh, gosh, Lucy was watching with me, and when she kissed him, um. You know, does it hurt here? Does it hurt here? That one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in the corner, she goes, ew. Yeah. 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 He, he, covered his head, he covered the blanket. He was head with the blanket. Um, so the movie starts, and he's kind of watching it, but he's not. And he kind of looks over, and all of a sudden he goes, wait, why did why did he just hit that guy with his whip? Because he, <laughs> he drew his gun. Well, why did he do that? Because he was trying to steal the, the idol for himself. But didn't Indy pay him to be there? Yes. So okay, buddy, you're just gonna have to. You just need to watch, all right? You just need to watch. And then from that point on, 
he must have asked another hundred questions. I mean, it's just <laughs> why is there a boulder chasing him? Because it's the booby trap. Well, uh, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> just watch the movie. No. <laughs> but it was so fun watching it through. And so when we got to the face melting part, he goes, "Whoa." Was that the scary part? I said, "Yeah." He goes, "You didn't give, you didn't tell me that was the scary part." I said, "Well, I figured if I warned you ahead of time, then you would be freaked out." So I just let it happen. And was it scary? No, it was kind of gross, but it wasn't scary. All right, it's fine. That's fine. So he he it didn't. I I my daughter wasn't watching though. She's six. I just, I didn't let her watch. Lucy it. was complaining that it looked old. Well, you told me it looked wow. old too. Well, I know, and and I told her. I said, "Honey, I said these were cutting edge effects." But it was the lightning when they were digging in the, uh, they were getting to the fair uh, map room or oh, whatever. Yeah, that's fair. And and I'm like, "Honey, I said these were cutting edge." If if you were seeing this in the theater it, when it came out, you would be amazed at the realistic lightning effects in this movie. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's it's Ghostbusters lightning. I mean, it's, it's not the yeah. greatest blue screen in the it's, world for sure. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she kept saying, "Oh, that's a green screen. That's a green screen." Well, yeah, saying, no, it was like, blue. Stop it! Just yeah. watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. It would have been blue back then. You're right. Yep. Yep. That's uh, true. That's too funny. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, Andrew, did you watch this with your boys by chance? I didn't watch it with them this time, but they have seen it before. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I think we watched it maybe last year. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And they, and they, they enjoyed it. it. Yeah, we have not watched uh, Temple of Doom because I feel like they're not ready for that yet. The monkey brains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ripping of the heart? Hell no. Monkey brains? No, no, no. It's the monkey brains. <laughs> I'm going to just tell them it's cherry, cherry pie filling and then they'll be like, oh, good. Can I have some? <laughs> I don't think that'll bother them. The, the heart part is kind of gross. And mm-hmm. kind of, it's, it yeah. is kind of, I don't know. It's so, pretty intense. I mean, it is the movie that that's the MPA said. Maybe we should make something in between PG and R. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gremlins. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, there you go. All right. So five word review, and uh, who goes first? Sam. Sure. Um, my first one, and and this will throw some words at you guys. It's just three words. Is Saturday afternoon goodness, right? Yeah. Uh, Spielberg. You know, we've all heard his spiel on. Eh, Spielberg, I get it now. Um, <laughs> it's like a mountain of talk, right? Spiel, it's a anyway. Mountain, um, paramount. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, I know. Um, just this is such a. I don't want to say a feel good movie, but it is so much fun. It, it's enjoyable. The music, the action. Um, you know, and and of course this is, you know, unrealistic, but I don't care. I know there's issues with the movie. I, it, again, this is one of those movies. I don't care. I love this movie. I think it's a great introduction to this character. I, I, it, you know, obviously spawned uh, several sequels, some that we aren't naming totally um, as, as legitimate sequels, but uh, uh, I thought it was done very, very well. And it, it stayed true to the pulpiness of a Saturday afternoon matinee. Right. And then, of course, my second one here is a series of unfortunate events. And what I absolutely love about Indiana Jones is every step he takes forward, something seems to, bad to happen to him, right? You know, he finds the, the golden idol. Well, he gets tricked out of it, right? 
he finds the map room. Well, they close him into it or, you know, they, they, they do all these different things. And that's what I love about Indiana Jones is that he certainly is a superhero when it comes to the fight and the action. But doggone it, they keep trying to push him back. It's, it's like fate desperately doesn't want Indiana Jones to win um, on any of these things. And I think that's f- part of the fun part of the movie. Um, and I enjoy that aspect of it. I love the aspect of this first Indiana Jones. Um, I love the cinematic experience that Spielberg puts us through. There is something organic. There is something uh, tangible. Um, it, it seemed real in this first movie. And and you got to think, I'm coming off of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull um, and even Last Crusade. So those are the last two I've seen. But there is something about this first movie that you see real crowds. You see real cars being crashed, except for the one going off the cliff, right? Um, you see you see actual scenes and, and set pieces, and I miss that. And I hope that they learn their lesson in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and bring back the realness, right? It's the same issue we had with the prequels of Star Wars. It just didn't feel tangible. And this felt like a world we live in. And now, of course, it's set in a world we live in. But um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull never felt like a a film that that was real. That was t- that that you could go explore, right? Mm-hmm. As kids, I can't tell you how many home movies we made with uh, my dad's fedora to to pre- <laughs> you know pretend we are Indiana Jones. And our, we would dress up my sisters as savages, and they'd be throwing sticks at Indiana Jones as he's running away. And you know, it's just this is this is my childhood, and it's so jam packed full of nostalgia that I just I I really have a hard time picking picking it apart. Okay, that's uh, that's all very fair, yeah. and uh, uh, but that's what we're here to do. Oh yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> or not? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe this is just going to be an hour of us just going. This movie's great. Time for some trivia. Let's go home. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. Andrew, what do you got? Movies like this are rare antiquities. <laughs> um, I love it. And, and what I mean is it's rare that you find a movie that you love so much that you could watch anytime. I mean, you could just literally, I remember from the time that I saw it as probably a middle schooler, every time it was on, I would stop and watch it. When I was (laughs) bored, I would pop it in the VCR and eventually the DVD player. And I still stream it when I'm, you know, I love Indiana Jones. I love all of them except the one that shall not be named and <laughs> um <laughs> and it's it's like it's like something you want to just spend time with you know it's like a good friend that you just want to hang out with um and it it has everything that you want and it's a it's an action adventure film but it's also a comedy uh and it's also a historical film in some, I mean, somewhat. Um, 
and fantasy in some some ways as well. So you have all of these genres that it covers, and they're all covered in a way that's a, you, that you can appreciate. Like none of them have been skimped on at all. Um, but this is an action hero that doesn't need superpowers and is, yeah, kind of a bumbling idiot at some points when it comes to snakes or, or other things. Getting hit with mirrors. (laughs) 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 But, but that's what makes it uh, enduring, you know? And so, um, I have always loved this movie. And, and like Sam said, I don't think that I'm going to be able to really pick it apart um, too much. Um, and there's some nostalgia in there, of course. Um, but I'm a child of the 90s. And mm-hmm. I know this was a little bit before that, but that's when I remember seeing it because it was a, my dad's, one of my dad's films, you know, he, would pop it in all the time. And so it reminds me of getting to <clears throat> spend time with him at home as a kid. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's cool. It is funny how those kind of movies, how that kind of does that to us, right? These, these movies where they like, like I'm, I'm, I'm watching movies with my son now who's 10 and I'm sitting there thinking, what movies is he going to look back on? As a as a teenager, as an adult, and go, yeah, I remember sitting down watching this with dad and just really having a good time. You know, like I, I kind of want to because right now, outside of the cartoon movies that he would watch, uh, like you know, he used to, we used to watch Cars religiously, but he was so young that I, he probably doesn't remember that. Um, so if you think of the movies right now, if I, off the top of my head, the movies that he's seen the most with me, the most times, would be Iron Giant, probably number one, because we've probably watched that movie four or five times together in the last two years. That's just a rainy Saturday. The girls aren't here. Let's watch Iron Giant. <laughs> like That's his favorite movie right now is the Iron Giant. And then probably the second one would be Star Trek Wrath of Khan. We've, we've watched that three times now since I showed it to him three months ago, maybe four months ago. He's just, he's just like, Dad, let's just watch Wrath of Khan. He just, he just finds it fascinating. And, and uh, I think I mentioned that, Eric, when you were on the episode with me, the part where he's being hacked, when they're hacking the other <laughs> ship is just so cool to him. So, That's great. That's yeah, one of my favorite be, scenes, too. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'll, I'll be I hope I'm still alive when he's able to express, you know, these emotions. You know, like I need I need to tell my dad. You know, like dad. You know, I I really remember just sitting down watching Raiders of the Lost Ark or oh some of those other ones I watched with dad. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I'd watch that one with him or you know the Star Wars and the Star Trek. Like, um, anyway. And uh, I think uh, I think Sam's gone back outside with all the crickets and uh, cicadas. <laughs> my it's, my computer started up again. It's so weird how it comes through as the speaker as like crickets. I mean, it seriously, it sounds like you're in the woods. Yeah, into the woods. All right, Eric, what's your five word review? Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna ask Jack. One's gonna be a comment because it's still 
really irritates me to this day, but it is five words. Uh, no Oscar nom for Ford, which is utterly ridiculous because when you look at how many Oscar nominations this film got, which was nine, it won five. The f it got a Best Picture nom, which is insane for. Like, oh my gosh, I did not realize that. Wow. Best Directing nom, <laughs> but nothing for the acting. Are you telling me that you can have this film without Indiana Jones? It it blows my mind to look back on everything that it was handed. It, like I said, it won five. And by the way, John Williams lost to Chariots of Fire. Um, but, I mean, it won for the sound. It won for uh, visual effects, effects, art direction. And um, editing. And 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 that's that's incredible that this film was such a huge hit. I mean, you'd, you'd besides maybe Avatar, you'd rarely see like an action-adventure film like this sort getting these accolades. But Ford not getting an Academy Award nomination, and he's only still received one in his entire career, is bonkers to me. But, was that for Witness? That was, was Witness. witness. That's yeah. right. All right that's it that's it not even one for fugitive which is again how do you have that movie with and that film was also um best picture director and whatnot so but um my review uh is uh, the greatest film ever made and for me it is i like like you guys have said uh, i can echo everything you've said i can see this movie at any time uh any day any language and i have done that because um, we do have French channels here in Canada, and I have on a Saturday, hey, Raiders is on. Oh, that's on the French channel. Okay, I know all the lines anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But I've seen this film hundreds of times, but there are two viewings that are incredibly special, which is the first time I saw it, and we're talking about seeing movies with with parents. My mom is the one that introduced me to this film when I was a kid, and I was sick on a Monday stayed home from school and they had just rented a couple of films along with like a, a beta machine as you would back in the early eighties. And they hadn't returned it yet. And she came to me and she says, Hey, I got something that I think you might like, and it might make you feel better. So we sat down in the basement and she turned on Raiders of the Lost Ark. And she said the same thing. It might be a little intense. Your dad might not approve, but Hey, you know, and my dad's not like, you know, you shouldn't be watching this type of dad, but she just kind of did it on her own. And it just blew my mind. And that was, that's a very special memory. And we, we, we share that. And so the other memory was when Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, came to Toronto for the live in concert uh, show. So the Toronto Symphony was performing the score to the picture. I was going to take my mom as like, hey, thanks, you know, for showing me Raiders. It's super important, but she couldn't go. So I got to take my son with me. And so he had already seen it before, but he had never seen, actually he did see a live the picture once we saw ET like a year earlier, but um, he knew how important this was, you know, to me. And we had a really, really good time, but that was the first time in my entire life. And this was about five years ago, maybe longer that I saw the film on the big screen. So I'd never seen it in a theater. I would always been on a, a television or on DVD or whatever. So the first time I ever see Raiders lost Ark big screen with like a hundred piece Toronto symphony orchestra. Oh, just, nice. Just I'm in. And, and I, the thing is, I, I know that score inside and out. I've heard that score thousands of times, but I was hearing things that I'd never heard before. And then not that the recording is crap. I mean, it's a great recording. It sounds amazing. It was done in England. 
Anvil Studios. Legendary Eric, Eric Tomlinson recorded it. It sounds magnificent, but I'm seeing things that are happening within the orchestra and, and, and hearing like a lot of the atonal, um, uh, atonal music, avant-garde stuff that was written in it. It was, it was unbelievable. Um, so that was quite a special, uh, a special viewing of the movie. And, uh, but I mean, it's still, as you guys have said, that's, it's, it's got everything. I mean, if you want romance, it's there. If you want action, it's there. You want comedy, it's there. You want like some really deadly serious moments, it's there. You want great special effects. You want, um, you know, sprawling epic like Lawrence of Arabia. It's all there. It, and it surprises you um, every time you see it because sometimes you forget little things or you'll see little um like for instance i watched it the other day and like you i've seen it so many times you start seeing mistakes and so (laughs) like you know seeing the guy in the jeans and the t-shirt when indy's drinking after marion died which is like really weird but then i just saw a shot where they uh after indy's first adventure in uh, peru um they pan down from the the school clock tower it's a school clock tower i think and they pan down to you know to see the the exterior of the school and you can see two students just on the left side of the screen who aren't really given an action or they haven't heard it yet and they just there's they're still until it pans down and then they start walking and i'm like wait a minute you guys missed your cue so those little things I love seeing and, you know, like I always look forward to Indy falling and seeing the Cobra and you'd see his reflection on the glass, but they've taken that out now. Um, but it's always, it's always great to hear. I mean, there was a whole library of new special effects that were created for this. You know, Ben Burt is an absolute genius, you know, the punching effects with the, you know, their baseball bats on, on leather jackets and, and, <laughs> and you know, um, it's, it it's just uh it's like a warm cozy blanket you know you're feeling like crap throw on raiders and you'll be feeling better after uh, a couple hours but i i love it i love it love it love it love it that's great i i love i love hearing all that i really do um it, it's funny to me i'm gonna go on a weird soapbox here but like i i posted the other day on twitter like hey what's just your comfort movie Right, like, just or not? No, what was it? Yeah, just a, what's a comfort movie for you? Like, what's just a movie that just makes you happy, right? And I you put a spoon with it. Of, yeah, well, yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, and I, um, and I put a gif of the the uh, Fifth Element, right? The Fifth Element to me is just like this warm blanket where it's like, I just I could just watch this anytime. I could watch it right. I could pause this podcast and just put it on and just be happy with life, right? But uh, I'd hate myself tomorrow because that means I'd have to record by myself or something. But anyway, <laughs> and a lot of other people put other, you know, a lot of different movies, and and then some of them I I could not have disagreed more with. Right? It's like really that's your comfort movie, but then, but but also good for you for having a movie like that that you love and that you you know like. I will disagree with people on whether or not I think a movie is good or not. But if you love a movie, own it, and that's fine. And I know Andrew's probably thinking, wait a minute, you give me shit all the time for liking any Zack Snyder DC comic book movie. And that's true, because I think they're all bad movies. But if you love it, then love it, and that's fine. <laughs> if you love I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, if Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, is your favorite movie of all time, that's great. I am happy for you. I really am. I'm glad that you found your movie. Everyone should, everyone should have a dog. Everyone should have a, 
you know, whatever. And then everyone should have their movie. And I think that that's really wonderful. And so like, you know, cause someone put like Maleficent as their movie. And I was like, really Maleficent. And she was like, Oh yeah, I love it. I've seen it 30 or 40 times. And I'm like, that's great. I'm happy for you. I just, there's so much negativity, especially on Twitter. We're like, this thing is awful and you're dumb for liking it. It's like, <laughs> oh. Let's not attack the person. If you want to attack the movie, that's fine, but let's leave the person out of it. So anyway, that's my weird little soapbox. On that. Oh, that's cool. But again, and just, you know, just so you know, none of the DC movies are on my top 10 list. I, I, yeah, I know. I know that. Uh, and I think most of our listeners know that, but I, uh, but it, it is, it always does come across as like, I hate all DC. Andrew must defend. It's like, well, that's because it's true. It is fairly true. <laughs> uh, though I did have a good time with Shazam. I'll admit, I had a pretty good time with Shazam. Mm-hmm. Oh, you finally saw it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I did it for, I did it for uh, TV Travis, TV's Travis's TV's. I knew you would. Movie. Podcast. I knew you would like that one. It was, it was good. I mean, of all of the DCEU that has been made, it, it would i think i ranked them where because i because so wonder wonder woman one would have to be my number oh one. yeah yeah uh-huh. um but then <laughs> please go what i watch or, or, or either get on uh, youtube or join us on discord uh and sam has created some kind of harrison ford indiana jones playing the violin for some reason you got him playing the, a, you need to play have him playing the saxophone that's a weird violin that is a weird violin. It looks like the, the, the he's coming through his finger, like the mm. head there is coming through his finger. Yes, I, I think that don't, that don't was blame me. For, that was made for a toddler, because uh, that's also a very tiny violin. That's a small violin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like half a fiddle. All right, so my five word review is uh, my first one. I did two. Is a fun historical god heist. Hmm. They go and they steal God, so to speak. And boy, my son was confused when they opened the covenant or the ark up, and it was just sand. Oh, he that was, was my reaction as well. He goes, "Wait a minute, yeah, sand." Yep. And I said, "Well, I said one way to look at it is is that if you had stone tablets that have been there for two thousand years, I mean, maybe they would be sand. I don't know. Uh, they got jostled around and they broke. I don't know." And then my number one is I am doing it just to poke the bear. Is so what does uh, what does Indy do again? <laughs> now a good friend of mine, I see Eric already <laughs> bristling at that. I, I, I poked holes in that theory many many times. So, but I like to hear what, <laughs> I like to hear what you have to say. <laughs> so a good friend of uh, of of the of ours, his name's Chris Barton. Um, he and I were having lunch one day, and he says, "Have you heard of this thing?" I'm like, "What?" He goes, "It's the Indiana Jones thing, where basically Indiana Jones doesn't do anything to actually forward the plot of the movie. Everything happened in the movie the way it would have normally happened had he not even been there." And so we talked about it for a while. And then, like, I don't know, six months later, that Big Bang episode aired on TV where they do the same thing. And so, like, they're all trying to, like, but but what about the, oh, but what if he tried to, the oh. So it, it's <laughs> a funny thing to me. It's just a funny thing to kind of poke, you know, to just to, to poke the movie at. Uh, I still love the movie. I still think it's a fantastic time. Uh, everything about it I, I still love. But. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested, Eric. Well, I did have I did have a a, a a point. I think I texted you guys today at one point. Why didn't they just stop the car caravan and shoot him? <laughs> <Yeah>. Instead of 
run I mean, away from him. Honestly, I hate, I hate you now. I hate you. Because <laughs> you're right. You should have just stopped the truck. You know. Yeah. It's like, the- are they in that much of a hurry that they are going to, you know, yeah. man by man by man? <laughs> they're idiots. Just shoot them. Just stop the truck and shoot them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I think we broke my big realization today that I was like, that that, that sucks now. I I hate hate this film. (laughs) He's gonna start, he's gonna go downstairs and tear the poster off the wall. Yeah, that's right. The one (laughs) I tear my doll in half now. So, no, I mean, it, my my thing is, and I'm again, you guys can all let me know whether I'm I'm way off, but um, would they have found Marion in Nepal without Indiana Jones? Now, I know that they were, um, you know, finding out her dad's research, but he was dead. But I don't think anybody knew where Marion was, and and. Indy's like, well, I think I know where you know, I can find her or where to start. And so she has she has the Raven Bar out in Nepal. And that leads the Nazi agent who's in the plane with Indiana Jones to, to Nepal. Yep. And um, and so that's where if you don't have that aspect, you don't get the medallion. And they still are looking in the wrong place, right? Because they have a, a one-sided medallion. So without the medallion, you don't find the Ark. So without Indiana Jones leading the Nazis to the Raven bar, you, you don't really have, you don't really have a movie. For some reason, I missed that part. That the, <laughs> uh, honestly, I, for some reason, I, I, I missed that, that they, uh, that the Nazis followed him there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I caught that this time. Cause this, I was watching it this time, trying to find a hole to nice to, to and that is definitely, yeah. Um, definitely a hole because yeah they wouldn't have found her right as now could it have still have happened maybe over time yeah. but the Nazis didn't have a whole lot of time if you think about the time they didn't yeah so so yeah that's the only thing I mean you don't find the Ark without the medallion yeah and she had no idea what its value was either uh-huh. so um, that's where I'm like Indy plays a role for yeah. sure and yeah. again they don't find the Ark without indiana jones so it it is an interesting it's still an interesting plot i mean it, it, it was written to the fact that as the hero he still kind of loses right like, yes you yeah know, i mean he's he still kind of loses yep. i mean he he gets the girl no that's about it you know the government takes what it's going to do and uh you know with the top men and and whatnot and right um I mean, but I, isn't I, that I, why we love him, though? That's why we love Indiana Jones. It's because yeah. he's—he, I mean, he only really saves the day in one film, like truly does something like what a hero would do, and that's in Temple of the Doom. Uh-huh. That's yep. the only time he really, really saves the day. The other times, but then again, he also still loses the <laughs> loses the rock. So, but you know, defeats the bad guys, saves the kids, and. uh this one, he just kind of like, keep your eyes shut. That's it. God will take care of the rest. Yeah. And same thing yeah. like Last Crusade. It's, uh, you know, his father's the hero, actually. and saves his butt. So, 
and then you know king of the crystal skull it's all aliens but uh who cares yeah, yeah that one yeah yeah, yeah. But, i mean him playing him playing like the traditional hero saving the world he doesn't really do that in in, in raiders he tries and that's what i like about it he's, he's a very flawed character he tries his hardest mm -hmm. but um you know sam you mentioned though know, he gets beat up and just beat up hard and i love the uh the gag with sala um, as they're getting on the boat and Saul's giving him the hug and he's just wincing, right? Every hug is a little tighter and he's just wincing. And then, you know, five minutes later, he gets knocked in the head with the mirror, which still to this day, <laughs> I roar. Every It's so perfect. His yell, the cut outside the, the boat, it's like, yeah. and his little, his, his rub of his chin afterwards. You're like, man. And that's what I really like about this movie too, is um, it was economic. And it, it was done that way on purpose because Spielberg had just come off of 1941. And on top of that, he was over on Jaws. He was over schedule on Close Encounters. And he just absolutely blew his brains out in 1941. And that was his first real failure. And George Lucas is the one that essentially saved Steven Spielberg's career here. He's like, you're going to shoot and you're going to shoot fast. We got this many days and that's all we have. So yep. no five six seven eight takes you're gonna do it in two or three and i think they were about three days under budget on this one but it oh, was wow. shot so quick but oh. you can just you can just tell that everything that needed to be there was there i mean there's some things that were cut out and even reading this uh, making a book by jw rinsler um there are little things that they were cutting out while they were on set they're like you know what we don't need it that's just a lot of fat um, and even in the editing room, there's a whole um, conversation between Marion and Indy in the bar that was completely cut out, including their first kiss that we see on on camera was completely cut out. There's a whole bunch of backstory. And they're like, you know what? No way for time. I, I, plot nicks it. Let's go. Uh -huh. I did notice this time. I think there was a scene missing when they get out of the the tomb where all the mummies are and out of the snake, right? They they push the block out, and they kind of got a a, a shot from a you know a ways away, and there is a dead body sitting mm -hmm. outside. He of that. passes out. So the mm -hmm. the deleted scene is he they push the rock out, and there's a guy standing there, and he basically passes out, and that's where oh, you, you're right, but you do see him. Okay, so that yeah. is cut out of the movie. Yeah. The other thing is in the Raven bar. Um, you know when Marion has her hands on her head like this, right? And then uh -huh. she throws something down and you hear broken glass. Uh -huh. Well, actually, that. she reaches into where the ice is and she's putting ice on her head because she's got a massive, like she's drunk out of her mind, right? <laughs> and so that was to control the headache and she throws snow down, but we don't see that. So it looks like she has like either shot glasses up against her head, but it's really snow and they throw it down and they add the sound effect. Uh, of, of glass being broken but it's really ice um and those are the little cool. things that again they yeah. just take out you don't really need it and it's amazing how a sound effect can can just change you know your mm -hmm. perception or whatever is happening and i mean and that's and the other thing about this movie is also the the oneers those long shots are incredible oh. like you don't yeah. realize the conversation between brody and indy in his house and how that is just one single shot until we get to the cut where he throws the gun into the um, into his uh, luggage. Suitcase. Luggage. Yeah. It, it's always it was yeah. I'm like you keep forgetting that it's just one shot, and even the sh the the crane shot down into the bar where they're doing the drinking game. That is uh -huh. all one take, and I'm like, that's 
that's brilliant and that's brilliant use of time and it's also great storytelling as well you don't need a million cuts much like you know liam neeson jumping over a fence where it's like 25 cuts in whatever taken <laughs> movie it was right but here you have you know purposeful <laughs> shots and and it it just me even indy talking with sala um as they're going to the map room you know all that that great dolly shot you know and you see like sam said like hundreds of people digging real people you know, real real set. Yeah. you know, the mine cars, which was um, uh, actually set up for the mine car chase, supposed to be in Raiders, but they took it out and threw it into Temple of Doom. All mm -hmm. that was, uh, you know, built for a chase scene, which, again, they just said, nope, we don't have time. We'll do it in the next film. But, yeah, it just the Douglas Slocum, uh, poor guy. I mean, he went blind near the end of his life, but his cinematography in this film, I mean, you could really tell the difference um between these three films and then when you get to kaminsky and King kingdom of the crystal skull just how yeah. important douglas slocum was the the, the 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 bright saturated technicolor look of these three films especially raiders and temple look incredible i mean even last crusade i watched that recently and just the, it's just a beautifully shot beautifully lit the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous like i said just i think it's a perfect movie um and there's just so many aspects and just so many all-stars in this film. You look at the, the crew. I mean, yeah. I mean, is there a George Lucas <laughs> and Steven Spielberg in today's film that you can think that would come together and make a movie this good? Like, who are the George Lucases and Steven Spielbergs? I mean, I can't They're imagine really working like together anymore. Realize like, it's yeah. the creator of Jaws and the creator of Star Wars. They're coming together to make this thing. This is uh. going to be amazing. And it turns out that way. Yeah, the closest thing that I could think of off the top of my head without any thought would be um, what Disney television is doing right now because you have John Favreau and Dave uh -huh. Filoni yeah. coming together to produce a yep. TV show. And it's like, oh, here's a guy that kick-started the MCU. Mm. And then here's a guy that, in Dave Filoni, that knows as much of Star Wars as anyone on the planet and yeah. he kick-started the clone wars cartoon say what you will about those first two seasons it's still a pretty good series as all as well as you know some other great tv and avatar the last airbender and then and on and on so it it would have been magical had those two guys made the prequel or the sequel mm -hmm. movies yeah but something uh. that's something we've lamented many times uh -huh. uh, but it was funny in this one, like it was an assistant to Mr. Spielberg, Kathleen Kennedy. And I was like, oh, yeah. And my son goes, who's that? And I said, she's the executive producer of, of Star Wars for Disney. She's she's the uh, she's in charge. She's in charge yes. of Disney right, or of Star Wars. Yeah. And he says, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I kind of made, made a point to my daughter. There's a woman that's in charge of Star Wars. She's like, oh, that's kind of cool. So. Well, I think it also brings up the point that, you know, the, the combo of George Lucas and, and Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg can make movies. I mean, he can just absolutely make movies. And I think the, the creativity of Lucas is, is, again, out of this world. Now, can Lucas make movies? Yes-ish. Yes-ish, right? <laughs> but the, the combined power of these Wonder Twins can make some amazing stuff. But in their prime, that's the crazy thing, right? You got them yeah. in their prime, yeah. and it, it it just all came together in 1981 for this special, just nugget of a movie that 
You couldn't have asked for anything better. And it's an original property too. You know, this yep. Spielberg, you know, the story about being on the beach and like, I want to do James Bond. And, you know, Lucas is like, well, I've got something better. <laughs> it's this, it's this. And it's like, it, it kickstarted a franchise. And, um, but it was just, I mean, every aspect of this film from, you know, you got Lawrence Kasdan's amazing screenplay. You got Michael Kahn's incredible editing, you know, Frank Marshall's one of the producers and and also i love the fact that you got dennis murin um you know er, in his early days of doing special effects with star wars in this movie you know he's the um the nazi henchman in the uh, the airplane with indiana jones so the guy with the glasses and the life magazine yeah. so he has a cameo frank marshall's the uh the the guy on the um the flying wing um you know pointing his gun and then getting hit over the head with uh uh by uh by marion yeah. you know just little 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 cameos here and there you know actors playing two different roles it's just it, it just seems like um like one of the most expensive fan films or just like a a real expensive <laughs> expensive like amateur movie where all of their friends yes. came together and said hey let's have some fun and that's what it was and you know like oh you want to be in it sure how yeah, we'll be in this oh you want to play two different roles ah what the heck we'll put a beard on you for the first time we see you and then we'll just shave your head for the next scene and it was like yeah i love that i absolutely love um yeah just how kind of economical and how fun and, and quick that they put this thing together and it, the way the fact that it turned out as good as it did i mean it, i'd be very interesting to see a version with tom Selleck in this role and how hmm. it would change everything and uh -huh. would it been as good i mean i like tom Selleck, but it's like you know harrison ford's indiana jones for crying out loud i can't see anybody else in that role no yeah um and and would we have had quigley down under well i mean that's that's that's, <laughs> the, real, that's <laughs> the real question that question there <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's I'm I'm really glad, Eric. You're on for this. Your the, the passion for this you know, this movie is really it's strange. all there, absolutely. Yeah, there, and I, and I, I I I appreciate it. I really do. Um, I guess we really haven't talked much about the movie itself. I just kind of feel like we're talking about how we feel about the movie, but I think that's okay. I mean, I don't think anyone listening to this episode needs us to really. Uh, talk about the movie that much if there's anyone listening that hasn't watched this movie at least once then go watch the movie it's on it's on you know it's on amazon prime uh but i, I kind of feel like our audience this is in their wheelhouse um and it's funny watching it this time sam when you because you messaged saying hey you saw the body so when i went back and i was gathering clips and i saw that scene where there was a body it wasn't until this time where i thought did 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 Spielberg just do a Michael Bay where like he's kind of <laughs> waving the the hand waving locations because like they go into the ground and they drop like forty or fifty feet and then they walk out and it's they're they're high Way up again next to an airport and I thought did. And maybe it was there a scene cut where they had to travel like a long ways underground or something. It just it seemed weird that they came out above ground and elevated. I mean, they had to climb down to get to the airport. I mean, it, it obviously it's a little bit of of 
of maybe not Deus Ex Machina, but it, you know the fact that it spit them out exactly where they needed to be. Um, but I mean, you know, they only. Yeah, I mean, uh, you don't really think about those things when you kind of first see it, right? I mean, that then that's what you kind of hope. You hope you're just sucked into the story and you're sucked yeah. into the movie that you don't notice the mistakes. And of course, you go back and you watch it a hundred million times, and you're gonna scrutinize every little oh, thing. Sure. And and that's what I do now. I mean, I'm just I'm every cut. I'm like, what, you know, what, how, you know, where are they looking? Um, you know, Marion's smoking. So is she smoking from one scene to the other, or is there yeah. her hand down? But that's, but I mean, and again, for for how fast it was shot, that's where I'm looking. I'm going, all right. So are are things matching? But it's really, um, again, you, you kind of forget, like the whole basket chase, right? It's like none of that makes any sense, right? Even the, oh, the, no. the, the changing of the basket, where like he's like, Oh, they must change baskets. Well, that's a throwaway line to make sure that Marion is alive, right? But it's like, it's like, Well, how, when and how and what? But it's the same guys carrying the basket to the truck. She, but you know, it's yeah. like, Whatever. Um, yeah. it's Benny Hill for crying out loud, and it's uh, you know, they're just running in or Scooby Doo, right? Scooby Doo going through yeah. doors oh. and here and there, and it's. Well, my and my son was upset. I mean, he was like, oh, "She's oh, dead." Oh wow! I mean, he was upset. Like he's like, "She's dead," and then he sees her. He goes, "Wait a minute, she was in that basket, Dad. I saw her get blown up. <laughs> I saw a get blown up." Yeah. You were you were also talking in your uh, a minute ago talking about cameos. Uh, mm-hmm. This is no spoiler. I'm just gonna say this. I did see Ant Man, Quantum Mania this last weekend. And uh, it's it's fine. It's a good time. Go watch it. It's not great. It's fine. Um, it's funny, and it has some some moments in it. Basically, it does feel like uh, Phase Four is like we're gonna pick a, a very you know we're gonna pick a theme for the movie, and that theme is gonna you know meander its way through the entire movie. Because uh, mm-hmm. I also watched Wakanda Forever this weekend, and basically that movie is grief is hard like everything in that movie is driven by grief in this movie in ant-man it's it's not grief it's almost like regret it's i feel bad about this therefore i must do this and i this person feels bad about this and they're going to do this and this person feels bad about things so they're going to do like everything is kind of motivated in that kind of that kind of way um, but there is a cameo, not going to say who, but there is a cameo in that, in that movie where you're just like, okay, at this point, people are just saying, Hey, I want to be in an MCU movie. Like who, who yeah. wants to be in it? You're, you haven't been in one yet. All right. Why don't you come on down set and do a, yeah. do a role for a minute? Cause it was, I mean, I laughed out loud when I saw the cameo, but it was, you know, it's just one of those where it, it could have been anybody in the role, but the fact that they gave it to this person gives it, it makes it more fun but that you're saying like that's that's all the reason why you do it is to, is to have this person just be this person right i'm not yeah. gonna say who it is because it would, it would ruin the moment but yeah don't i'm not no, this weekend yeah yeah no go again it, it, it's a good time it's just you know the first movie was just you know kind of fun and clever and 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 that's kind of how it happens right you know the, the first one establishes all the fun and clever stuff and like there's not a, a lot of of uh, Ant-Man doing Ant-Man things Boom. in a movie titled Ant-Man and the Wasp. Well, there was not a lot of, of uh, Black Panther things going on in Black Panther. 
Well, I, there could have been waspy things, though. Hmm. There's a little you bit know, of waspy things. A lot of but white Remember, it's not called Black Panther 2. It's, it's called Wakanda Forever. So, yeah, true. That's why there's not. Also, yeah. for some reason, I just realized as I'm looking at myself in my camera, the, the, the shadow, whatever this is, what is this? Oh, it's my boom arm. It looks like there's a little dinosaur trying to eat my head. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you see that? It's kind of fun. Go, go, go to our YouTube page. Uh, it's interesting that you, you talk about the grief aspect of this. And I mean, it hits Indy hard when she's dead. Like he's yeah. that, that whole tracking shot in of him drinking and just uh-huh. there's nothing. Uh, but like, you know, even the monk, the make monkeys making a few noises, but you know, and then the, the, the Nazis bring him into the bar and you don't really realize it until, you know, I guess when you're older that Indy was willing to go out in a blaze of glory he was done he was drunk he his love of his life is gone he didn't care at that moment about the arc whatsoever and harrison ford it's one of his best played scenes he you can just see i mean it's in profile and it's another great shot um you know with uh uh beloche sorry (laughs) belloc yeah um and and you're seeing indy and he's almost like gritting his teeth breathing really heavily and just he's like you know you want to talk to god let's go see him together type thing and he was just about to pull out the gun and go out because everybody else was bringing out their weapons and again it's another thing i didn't notice um, until i saw the widescreen version of this movie where you see shots from uh when they cut a little bit wide of people exchanging guns yeah um and i again seeing it pan a scan and he's like i never saw that before but, um, you know, the kids coming in to save him is a little like, all right, whatever. But the fact that he was going to end it right then and there is, I mean, it's the type of character development that you don't necessarily get in many action adventure movies these days, right? It's all about the action. But here you got a grief-stricken Indiana Jones who has just rekindled his, you know, relationship with his lost love. And now she's gone. And he's like, forget the job. I'm finished. Uh, and I love well, and, and he had he had something to do with her possible death as well. Correct. Yes. You know, so there was a lot of guilt there as well. But even the like the urgency on his face during that whole sequence. I mean, yeah, we get the the great gag with the swordsman, but just you know, just the intensity in his eyes. I mean, those great close-ups that Spielberg does, you know, just focusing on the eyes. But he's just confused, bewildered, and he's he's trying to get her, and he the fact that he wasn't able to save her. And again, it goes back to him being a flawed character, a flawed hero. And, you know, he wasn't able to do what most normal, you know, action adventure heroes do. Um, it's a great, it's a, it's a great moment of, of characterization for, for Indiana Jones. And I, I think that's, I love those moments. I love those quieter moments, those dialogue moments as well, as much as the action where you get to learn about these characters. And I mean, we'd only been with Indiana Jones for like, what, like maybe 45 minutes already into this movie, but you kind of feel like you know him already. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great setup to the to the character. Uh, yes. I had something to say, and then I forgot it. No, <laughs> sorry, I interrupted, yeah. I'm no, sorry. no, it's fine. I am. Um... No, you you were you're not wrong though about the the, the widescreen because again I was watching it on you know on the I, I watched the Amazon Prime mm. you know, the, the the 4K version on my uh-huh. very large TV and and right the first was the first time I was like oh 
uh, you can see someone passing a Luger behind someone's yeah. back and things like that. It's like, oh, I've never noticed that before. So that's, I'll be, I'm going to be more looking forward to those kind of moments in the rest, the other three, other two films. Is what now there's again, I haven't seen Temple of Doom in so long and all of it. Uh, I, you know, I, I just, well, I'm interested to see. I, I don't think I, I've seen Temple of Doom in a very long time not having a TV at it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Because that's, that's how I, I grew up too. on it. Yeah. So I there's got to be some stuff that I have missed over the years yeah. oh, or don't God, remember. Yes. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. This, I, I, I love that you said that, Sam, because I have the same experience with both Ghostbusters and Star Trek V. Remember when I was talking about yeah. uh-huh. Ghostbusters for the podcast? That was the first time I'd ever seen the blow the blowjob scene with the ghost. <laughs> I'd never seen that before. I mean, I've seen I've seen Ghostbusters forty times, but this was yeah. the first time it was the not TV version. <laughs> so I'd never seen that. And then same thing with with Star Trek Five. I had seen that so many times on the TV version that uh, when so Scotty... you missed the blowjob scene. In that one. <laughs> yeah, I missed the blowjob scene. In that one. Uhura in the sand with the fans. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Temple of Doom. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about it, but it, I saw the TV version, and again, saw it pan and scan all my life until um, my animation teacher in high school brought out his laser disc and says, "Well, you got to see it this way." And that's the first time. That's one of the very first widescreen movies I remember watching, and that film it just opened up for me completely. Much like I saw Hook um, when I was a you know a kid, and I saw it on pan and scan. I'm not a really big fan of it, but then I saw it widescreen and I was like, holy smokes, so much the more. scale, yeah. the scope. And so these those those 70s and 80s Spielberg films, um, and especially when he's in the, the 235 to 1 ratio, um, he's an incredible widescreen photographer. I think he's kind of lost it a bit um, later on in his career, but the way that he was yeah. able to set up certain scenes in within that widescreen frame unbeatable in the 70s and 80s and temple looks just as good as raiders uh for for that i mean the whole yeah. uh, banquet sequence in widescreen is it just it's enormous it looks wow. so yeah i'm incredible. i'm really the, everything in the mine and, and whatever it just i mean the whole set the temple of doom set like with the the sacrificial area with all those extras and and it, it just it's so great like the scope of these films is incredible it really is. Now, like I said, it's very David Lean, Lawrence of Arabia, you know, uh-huh. just huge. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, Ben-Hur. You can just feel how enormous these pictures are. Are we ready for some clips? I think we are. Okay. Because uh, I have a feeling that if I don't just start playing clips, Eric is just going to keep talking. And- <laughs> well, and we, are, we will talk all night on this. I will. I Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's and it's and it's hard not to talk about the rest of the the, the franchise too, because you know it's like I, I'm I'm itching to talk about the Last Crusade because yeah. the Last Crusade is one I've seen the most because it mm-hmm. is my favorite, and I'll probably mention that next time we do this and the following time. It's, it's, it's kind of like favorite. how well, it's kind of like how I think about Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. You know, it's three films that it's really one big film, right? To me, anyway. Well, definitely Back to the Future. I mean, those th- that trilogy really is just, just a six-hour film because yeah. they are so connected. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing that really is different is like 
from one to two, they, they changed the girl, you know, right. <laughs> the <actress is> different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and they, they also filmed two and three at the same time. So yeah, that makes a big difference. But yeah. I mean, these, I mean, you could watch these as a, as a, you know, truly like back mm-hmm. to back to back and it'd be fine. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I do know that, and again, we'll talk about it in three months, you know, that some people don't like the opening to last crusade because it's like, Oh, okay. How does Indy get the scar on his chin? Oh, this is how. And how does he become a guy that uses a whip? Oh, here's the whip. And how does he get the fedora? Oh, this guy gives it to him. Why is he scared of snakes? Because like we have to define all of Indy's characteristics in the first five minutes of the movie. And some people hate that. I don't. I, I find. I kind of. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. all of his characteristics are are defined in one five minutes of his life. So and his costume. And his costume. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. That was an important five minutes of, uh, of his life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a core memory. Yeah. All right. I like this scene, this moment, for two, two reasons. One, I like a good bad guy. So I always, this is what my brain does. When a bad guy does something, like a nod or whatever, and his henchmen just know what to do. I always assumed that they had to have a meeting beforehand, right? <laughs> you know, Darth Vader goes, okay, this is what's going to happen. Lando, you're going to go and get the group, and you're going to bring them to this room. I want you to go ahead and have your team set up a banquet with tables and plates and chairs and stuff, and I'm just going to sit here and wait for him, you guys, okay? So that's what we're going to do, and uh, be fine, right? Um, so in this moment... Uh, Belosh, Belloc, right? He's gone and he's he's gotten all the natives. Yeah. And he says, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to wait outside the big tunnel in case Indy makes it. And then if he makes it, you know, we're just going to stand there very menacingly. Don't kill him. We're just going to stand there. But if he runs, I'm going to make a weird noise. That means go get him. Okay? All right. So we're all we're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. This is in, And they say yes. And then this is what happens. So he makes the noise and they all know what to do. But the other part of this clip that I love is I love a good villain laugh. So here you go. It's great. I, it yeah. is great. And I love the cameras like, you know, he's in these running and then they're all chasing him. And there's a couple fun edit moments where, like, you see him run, and they're, like, five feet behind him, and dust is just billowing off of him. And then the next shot is, uh, you know, first per- – he's the kind of running towards the camera. And he's now gained about 50 yards of distance on them, and dust is still billowing off of him. Like, he just – you know, some ex- you know some uh, assistant had just come in and, and, and doused him in, in <laughs> shock powder. Uh, it's great. Yeah. I absolutely love it. All right, that was a long setup for that. Uh, we talked about this earlier. There's a big snake in the plane, Jock! Oh, that's a pet snake, Reggie! I hate snakes, Jock! I hate them! Come on, show a little backbone, will ya? There you go. Now, is Jock our hopping man in this movie? <laughs> I guess. We never see him again. Yeah. Right? The other, the other thing that's interesting, uh, and I, I and I keyed up on it this time watching it, is 
um, I, I want to know how that that also that happened, right? Mm. So Indy's like, okay, the plan is I'm going to get this group of guys and we're going to go in. I'm pretty sure they're all going to try to betray me or I'm going to need to get a quick getaway. So I'm going to hire you, Jacques, to go and hang out here in your in your plane um, in case I need to make a quick getaway for one. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Indy's plan was always to just just him escape because uh, Doc Ock, he's probably not going to be uh, making it. So, yeah, I always figured that they were kind of like local. Like that he flew in and met him on that kind of bank there, and then they headed off with their donkeys and and guide. I don't. But know. he couldn't have flown in with Reggie because Reggie, had, like the snake, was a surprise to him. Oh yeah, you're right. So unless, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, yeah. yeah. What's the backstory with Jacques? Yeah, for sure. It, yeah, he had to. He's also, he's also a big fan of Star Wars before Star Wars came out. That's our prequel right there. The uh, the Adventures of Reggie. OBCPO. You're, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, Sam's backgrounds. Indiana Jones gets more and more like <laughs> screwing uh, me up. <laughs> it, it gets more and more like. Uh, <laughs> Oh, who does that look like? There's an actor that that looks like, but it is not Harrison Ford. Uh, I don't know. I love it. It's it's like a cross between. It was Paul Hogan before, uh, <laughs> and now it's. I don't yeah, know. It's kind of like if Harrison Ford and the bad guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit had a, had a child. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay. Uh, Here's Sala saying. Bad dates. I thought Been about on a few when, of those. I, when, I, when I was recording that, I thought, should I set it up to like, you know, this is what uh, Kimberly uh, told uh, her sister about, you know, what, you know, their first, first time with Sam. You know. Bad dates. Yeah. So, you know, she still she still gets on to me for hobbling on our first date because <laughs> you were pledging at the time. Yeah. And I made you do something stupid. This is the night before. And I twisted my ankle on a curb, laughing so hard at y- y'all <laughs> being stupid. Yeah. And I literally couldn't walk on an ankle um, out to yeah. my first date with Kimberly. The, so. the the other fun part about that story is the the prequel to that story is when you when you called me to told me to, to tell me to go over to your apartment, I was at her dorm helping her pick out clothes for your date. Yep, I, I was yep. literally the gay best friend helping her pick out clothes <laughs> for your date. So, um, it's all okay. Um, again, I think Eric also made uh, uh made uh, oh yeah. Uh, Eric's middle name on uh, on uh, Streamyard here is this. Asps. Very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a line that like that my dad will use all the time. Like that's you know my dad has a handful of lines from movies that he just likes to quote, and uh-huh. so anytime that you know if he has to open the door for somebody, he'll just say. You go first. And, uh, he's, that's what he's channeling, and I get it. But you know, strangers have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. So I didn't really dig very hard for a Star Trek connection. I'm sure that there's some. Uh, I almost feel like John Reese Davies has been in Trek at some point. I don't know off the top of my head. And the uh, windshield guy. The windshield guy. Yeah, the windshield guy. When they were driving the the in the in where they should have stopped the the entourage to shoot him, him and the driver are fighting, and the guy falls on the windshield. Oh, and they both look at him, and he's there for a split second. I bet you he's in Star Trek. Oh, <laughs> okay, windshield guy. Well, this is in Star Trek here. A British tar is a soaring soul, as free as a mountain bird. His energetic fist should be ready to resist So, um, I'm gonna. You want you want a Star Trek connection? <laughs> I don't know if this is fake, true, or whatnot, but I literally just typed in Google. I said Indiana Jones Star Trek. And it comes out this, that the Indiana Jones was a Federation Type 7 shuttlecraft that was in service with Starfleet in the mid-24th century, attached to the USS Enterprise D. It was Shuttlecraft 08. They called it Indiana Jones? It's on Memory <laughs> Alpha. Well, if it's wow. on Memory Alpha, then that's that's real. Oh, that's... my. There you go. <laughs> wow. Well, so in Star Trek Insurrection, which we're going to do in a few months, guys... They uh, they sing some Gilbert and Sullivan um, for various reasons, so it's fine. Uh, also, they I think that's also the one that they do in West Wing, right, Sam? Yeah, I um, think so. I think they sing that one in West Wing, which is funny because then because the, they they're, they're making the joke like, you know, it's the one about duty. They're all about duty. I don't I don't care, you know. So anyway, West Wing. There you go. Look at that. I mean, a Star Trek connection and West Wing in one thing. Um, One fail swoop. That's right. And then, of course, I had to capture this. I thought we settled that. The Ark is somewhere very safe. From whom? The Ark is a source of unspeakable power, and it has to be researched. And it will be, I assure you, Dr. Brody, Dr. Jones. We have top men working on it right now. Dr. Jones? Who? men <laughs> top men so my son was extremely confused at the end <laughs> when they're boxing it up and it's you know being stored he uh, says wait a minute that guy said that they were researching it i said he lied declan they're putting it away so that no one can have it now ever let's be honest okay it's to area 51 yes it is area yeah. 51 because they we, yeah. we actually do establish that later on but in my son asked, that, is that Area 51? I said, actually, yes, it is. Um, but let's be honest. I mean, maybe not 1936, the United States, but definitely 1940s, 1950s, United States would say, you know, we need to defeat the communists, and we have this thing that's in a box. We need to weaponize this thing somehow. Let's just drop it from a plane into the middle of a, uh, you know, Moscow and just let all the soul suckers go out there and kill all the whatever. Like, I, I it feels like something that would be weaponized. It, it, you know, it just, it almost feels uh, Pollyanna, the fact that they would think the government would just put it away and hide it. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm too uh, jaded on <laughs> government right now. All right. 
Time for this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? I just watched that movie recently. It's so good to hear to hear that that clip <laughs> in context. It was so lovely to, to watch that movie again. It is time for our game. That's right. We are doing our game where it's called Hey, Did You Notice? This is a game where I got a feeling it's definitely going to have to be Eric versus me and Sam because, again, yeah. this is Eric's favoritest movie ever. <laughs> and, oh, I might have missed things i probably have yeah it's gonna be well again the way andrew plays this game is that uh andrew had noticed things in the background and we are going to try to see if we know them uh it's a back and forth question game uh eric will go first if he gets it right he gets a point if he gets it wrong sam and i have a chance to steal the point uh best out of five wins and eric i think already has stickers for me so there's that i, I have a bonus question at the end of this nice just to let you know I'm excited. Okay, Eric. Indiana Jones studied under Professor Ravenwood at what university? Oh, my God. <gasps> mm. Mm. Ooh. 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 I'm going to say Chicago. That's correct. University of Chicago. Oh, I knew that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good job. All right. Sean and Sam, exactly how tall... Should the staff be, according to the inscription, in inches? Inches. Oh, gosh. I have no clue. I don't remember. 60 inches. That's a very short staff. <laughs> 60 is five feet. It's a short staff. What? <laughs> Eric. Oh. Now, do you need to compensate for it being cut down, or do you want the line that solid? said when he mentioned the line yeah the line was uh, 72 inches 72 inches that's right yeah oh, oh my gosh we're gonna get blown out tonight John. About 72 <laughs> inches three cotton yep. height all right eric uh what time does the sun hit the map room about nine in the morning about nine in the morning that's right <laughs> <laughs> all right um now here's the tricky one this is this is kind of tricky uh sean and sam how many people run by the tent entrance when Salah finds Indy and Marion and tells them that the Ark is being loaded onto a truck to Cairo? So, <laughs> kind of question so it's it's after the plane and and they're in the tent, right? Yeah. And and so, oh yeah, there's yeah, it's like like three people run by, and the, and the reason I, I guess, yeah. the reason I noticed this is because there's one guy who runs in or runs by and looks dead into the camera and then keeps going, uh, <laughs> which is, is weird. But uh, but how many people run by the tent? I think we, we answered three. I said three. Okay. I don't know if it's right, but it, it's not, I guess. But. It's, it's apparently not, not. No, it's not three. Eric, five. It's not five. There's eight yeah. people. Wow. And eight. it's weird Holy. because it's someone runs to the left and then someone runs to the right. And it just alternates back and forth. And there's eight people that run by. <laughs> it's it reminds me of the um the basket chase sequence. And just before we get that duel between India and the swordsman, watch the extras. They start doing this, just kind of walking back and forth. They're not going yeah. anywhere. They're just kind of like <laughs> and then they split because I think they're waiting for a for a cue, right? It's like you got to split. split. Yep, you can yep. see one guy just kind of those walking in circles. I'm like, where are you going? That's fine. Uh, I didn't know eight. I, that's a weird stat. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
So I, I have to say this because, you know, I have to interject my life whenever I can. So I worked, one of the movies that I worked on, it was, it was a, called Much Ado About Middle School. And so it's a play, you know, it's a, a variation of Much Ado About Nothing, but from the point of view of kids in middle school. And so we're shooting this scene where these two, two main characters are talking in a, in a hallway. And we only had six extras, you know, six kid extras. And so uh, I was the uh, key grip and I had two crew guys that worked for me. And, but we're all, you know, we're due, we're old guys, right? I mean, at the time I was 26 or 27. So they said, just go to the end of the hallway and then just walk back and forth. You'll be so out of focus. It's just movement. And so I said, okay. So I grabbed a bunch of book bags and we just laid the book bags on the floor out of the frame. So we'd pick up a book bag and then walk across and then set it down and then walk back across and then grab a different book bag and walk it back across and then take it back. And we just kept going back and forth because the, because the hallways, there was nothing at the end of the hallways. There wasn't even doors. It was just the end of the locker. So we're just up against the wall hiding behind the locker. And then we just walk back and forth. We just kept doing that until they told us cut. So anyway. All right. Question yes, five. Um, and I forget who this is now. Is this Eric it's, again? It's Eric. I mean, we've already lost. Right. But That's true. You have. A, unless the right. bonus question is worth five points. <laughs> what is the What is the name of the ship captained by Katanga? Uh, it's the something bay. Botany uh, Bay. Uh, oh my God. I can't remember the. I don't remember the the, the actual. I think it's something Bay though. That's I don't remember. The Michael Bay. Sam. <laughs> it's not the Michael Bay. It's Sam. Okay, Sam. He's muted. Bantu Wind. It is the Bantu Wind. Oh, How long yeah! did, you search that? did you Google that? <laughs> My notes. I took fucking uh, notes uh, to try uh, to get right. something. I had Chicago on my notes as well. So, okay. So my bonus question is this, and this is really for Eric. Um, (laughs) Wait. So, what scene is happening in the movie where we hear the Indiana Jones theme for the first time? Uh, When he's on the, uh, he swings out onto the water. To uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people think that it's when we see him for the first time, but those are just random notes. But yeah, the first time we hear it, he jumps into the water, mm-hmm. yep. chasing uh, Jacques down. Yep. Yeah. So cool. Very cool. Uh, so I told these guys uh, earlier, so I was, I've, I'm doing for the first time ever a full rewatch of TNG. I've never watched it from front to end wow. as a series ever. Uh, I've done that with Voyager twice, uh, Deep Deep Space Nine, and Enterprise. Oh, good luck. Um, so, the pilot episode, the encounter at Far Point One and Two. Holy shit! Did they use that um, Goldsmith theme a lot in that episode? It's an hour and forty minute episode, and they use the full theme at least four times. The saucer <laughs> section. The saucer the section. Middle. There's another section when they're. It might be only three times, but they, I can't remember what it is. I know the saucer, saucer section is just, again, it's just the theme. It might be happening when they're reattaching the section, the saucer too. Maybe. Um, I do know that they play a modified version of it when they have bones on the ship, which I had forgotten that even was a thing. Yeah, me like, too. It's like, 
that's terrible Kelly, makeup. <laughs> it's so bad. Like the Forrest Kelly just was hanging out nearby, and they said, "Hey, you want to have one scene with Data?" Okay. Yeah. So it's it's weird. But I mean, the reason they the reason they did that, and I won't go on too much. Uh, but Dennis McCarthy actually wrote an original theme for Star Trek: The Next Generation, and they mm-hmm. didn't use it. But you can hear it about two or three times in the actual series um, or in that episode. But he did a full on. Uh, expansive version of his new theme for that saucer section um uh portion and they said nah we'll just lay over what goldsmith wrote um you know the tng well the miss the motion pictures theme which yeah, became yeah. the tng theme but yeah um but Dennis the other really... theme you should listen to it. it's it's kind of cheesy but it is in that pilot episode and i don't well, think we hear it ever again and the really funny part to me was the that the the main theme is very much orchestrated. And then the rest of the music is very much synthesizer. No, there's a lot of synthesizer in the low budget synthesizer. And it's like, Ooh, that's jarring. All right. Speaking of jarring, excuse me while I whip this out. All right. Time for our top three. And this movie has such an awesome opening scene, kind of opening sequence that we decided. Uh And by we, I mean, Eric came up with (laughs) top three opening scenes in movies. And this week we start with Sam, who's still muted. All right, I didn't know if the crickets were back. I, my my fan decided to come back on. So. Yeah, no worries. All right, my number three, I have the Matrix. Yeah, the opening scene in the Matrix, kind of showing you what you were about to get yourself into. My number uh, two is Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I knew that was going to be on there. I'm Speaking surprised. of. It's Sam Neill sitting behind you there in a chair, I see. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my number one is The Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. And the intro to the to the Joker. That yeah. is so good. It really it's is. It's so good. Uh, Eric. Um, besides Raiders Lost Ark, um, I won't include it just because it's still an incredible opening sequence. But I'm going to pick Inglorious Bastards. Okay. That whole sequence, oh, that's yeah. farmhouse, unbelievable. I'm also going to pick uh, the Warner in Touch of Evil, and it, I mean for what, how they shot that back then, um, leading up to the you know ticking time bomb in that uh, opening sequence, it's pretty magnificent. And then I'm going to pick Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, oh. another film where you're like, what the hell was that? And of course, you have to wait a few hours to figure out exactly what that was. And it's but worth again, it. dialogue, mm, money. Yeah. 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 So those three, besides Raiders, that would be my top three. All right. I like it. Um, I go next. Uh, my, I have an honorable mention of Star Trek 09 with the attack on the Kelvin. And the, the Romulan ship—that's a you know—that's a pretty, I think, a pretty awesome way to open the the movie with you know a birth and uh, a death and all that stuff. That's my honorable mention. My number uh-huh. three is Star Trek: Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have kind of the fake out where it's you, you know you think that the crew is dying. Oh no, it's a simulator. But I still think it's a pretty awesome way to to start the movie. Number two is Saving Private Ryan. Uh-huh just you know incredible and my number one i'm cheating a little bit technically not the opening scene it's the first scene 
after the credits, and that's for Serenity. Um, Interesting. I, the opening <laughs> scene is great, but what I love is the introduction of the crew, introduction of the ship in a one take. I mean, there, there is one cut, but it's a one take shot. Yeah. Uh, with uh, I think it's a brilliant and beautiful shot. So technically not the opening scene, but because the opening scene is pre-credits, I consider that the... Because it's also technically pre-series. That scene is like the pre-series, so that's the way I'm justifying my breaking my own rule. Andrew? Um, well, I, I, before I get into my top three, there's some things I forgot to mention because I did take a couple of notes, and they were the two things that did bother me about the movie. Oh, okay. Um, the the uh, Melina uh, character at the very beginning of the movie, right? Yep. He runs away with the idol and the dead version of him looks nothing like him at all. <laughs> so much that I never realized that's who that was until this viewing. Oh, really? I always thought it was a different person and that he had just dropped the idol as he was running out. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And then number two, was the the base that we get from the foley work for the punches? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, but I was listening with my AirPods in, and every time you get a punch in this movie, it it's like subwoofer. It's a good right? thud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Baseball bats yeah. on leather jackets. It'll do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm sorry. On to my uh, top three uh, best movie uh, intros uh, or opening scenes. I have Super Troopers. <laughs> Wow. Um, just because I don't think a, a movie opening has made me laugh that hard. <laughs> um, I have Knives Out because you begin with the the death and you you know you start with the crime and you have to figure out how it happened. And then I have a classic Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Twitter was pretty active on this one, I which I appreciate. So I'm going to run through these as quick as I can. And that so we've got Invasion of the Remake says, I still get shivers anytime I hear the theme when I'm watching Star Wars. So he's just saying Star Wars, that opening scenes for Star Wars. Your next favorite movie says The Dark Knight, Reservoir Dogs, and Halloween, the 1978 Halloween. Um, Sean White, not the Olympic skater, but uh, a snowboarder, but Sean White, fellow podcaster, says, Hey, I actually caught this before you recorded for once. Anyway, John Wick Chapter 2, The Dark Knight and The Matrix. Uh, Darren from Nostalgia Cast, who's been on our show, says, Opening scenes are tough for me to rank since most films are gradual to build or a gradual build to greatness. But if we're talking about my favorite Spielberg openers, that sock, you have to, that sock in the gut and announce their themes from the outset. I'll go with Jaws, Raiders, and Jurassic Park. And then this spawned a little thread of other people saying Raiders of the Lost Ark. And somebody else said Lay Samurai. Um, yeah, okay. So that's all I'm going to go from there. Uh, Audie. Uh, the Audie Norman says Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the Lion King and Captain America Winter Soldier. So I like uh, I like that. That's a good set. Shoot the Flicks says Screams, Heathers, and Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, Guardians is just him singing, right? Like, I mean, I mean, it's still a fun intro. 
Mm-hmm. Unless we're talking about the death scene at the beginning with his mom. Uh, let's see. Kelly. Ooh, I can't pronounce that last name. Kelly, the, the antipodal at antipodal says, uh, when Indy discovers that Marion is alive in the tent, yet returns to the chamber to continue digging. Oh, she's just talking about scenes in this movie. Okay. Oh. Uh, and the scene between Indy and Marion on the, on the tramp steamer. It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. Okay. Uh, since Sarah says Independence Day, Undiscovered Country. Yeah, Undiscovered Country. I like that one. Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Princess Bride? Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, Drew from Across the Podcast, Across the Stars Podcast, excuse me, says Star Trek II, Deadpool, and Star Wars, uh, A New Hope. Uh-huh. And then I yeah. think this one was more for you. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm miss. No, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it had you tagged, uh, Eric, but I'm anyway. Uh, let's see. James Bond wants Nazis banned. That's his name. Um, okay. okay. Uh, oh, the op- the ultimate opening scene is the birth of a horror icon, the greatest villain to grace the big screen. And then he puts a clip from A Nightmare on Elm Street. So, yeah. thank you all so much for, uh, for that that was really great i appreciate it now time for this wait what's supposed to happen this is where we give this movie a score from zero to ten and this week we start with andrew well imdb has it at a pretty high score at 8.4 out of 10 but i am gonna have to go a little higher so i'm gonna i don't get into the nine range very often but this one this one for me is gonna be a 9.3 Nine point three. Okay, uh, let's see. I know what Eric is going to say, so I, I'm not going to rob him the opportunity to say the number, but it's already written down for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. Go ahead. Ten whip cracks out of ten. There. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of whip, hold on just one second though. This this is something that I noticed this time, and it kind of bothered me a little bit too indiana jones always uses that big colt uh um six shooter Uh but in the bar scene he's using like a nine millimeter magazine fed pistol and because you see him reload it you you see the magazine and then he, he drops it and then reloads the magazine like he came prepared for that fight with that gun which we established earlier is still his revolver when he throws it into the thing. So either he picked it up from a bad guy, which is possible, or maybe there was a, a scene or something missing. But he he was using a different gun, and I and I keyed in on that this time. And um, I did too because I was counting the shots to see if that would be one of my. But what what I did notice though is that he loses <laughs> that six shooter to 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 Belloc. Yeah. Then he mm-hmm. has I guess another one. You know, in his apartment or as yeah. A, well, he, he it's a, he's an American. He can just yeah, go down got the like street and buy one. one. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah. Well, this I mean, legit. This is America in the, the 1930s. There were gun stores on every corner, right? I mean, I'll never forget when we watched uh, the Highwaymen, right? When uh, Kevin Costner and uh, Woody Harrelson need to go get armed up, he goes and buys an M1 Garand in a store, and he buys a Thompson submachine gun in a store. So true value hardware. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's like, you know, Ace Gun <laughs> Agency. Sam, what's your... By the way, just when Andrew says that he doesn't give nines very often, I just want to really point out, the last time Andrew gave a nine 
was uh, hold on, I missed it. The, the, the harder they fall, you really liked that one. Mm-hmm. Then, there now, I will say, looking back at the list because I do that occasionally, I think I've given some nines that weren't justified. Maybe, but oh, they so, were yeah. D, they were DC movies just to piss you off. That's fair. <laughs> you gave two towers a nine point one. Harder they fall a nine point one two three. Uh, Die Hard a nine point two. Empire Strikes Back a nine point two. Uh, you gave Ready Player One a nine six. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Suicide Squad a nine four. Uh, yeah, yeah, see that so, one. That one's a little high. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but that was the that was the one that we all liked. We all liked that one. So yeah. Oh, and then the next one I can is uh, Avengers Endgame. So you yeah. know you don't give them very often. I so don't. I don't. I don't give out. I don't give out candy. You really don't, Sam. You got to work for it. All right. Um, I got to give it. I'm I also a high mark here. Um, I'm going to do it uh, 9.02 out of 10. Okay. 9.02, just to make the math fun. All right. Uh, I do too love this one. It's it is really great. It's fantastic. It's highly rewatchable. I mean, it's very rewatchable, and it's just a damn good time so i'm also gonna give it i'm just gonna give it a nine uh no i can't do that i'm gonna give it a 9.1 there we go which gives it an average score of 9.355 i think that's a really good number for that movie it's a really good movie so i'll be interested to see how that uh how that ranks with us going forward because yeah that'll be fun to do i was thinking i should have ranked it with the uh the um the number that is put on the side of the the arc as it's being put in area 51 oh, i should have said because it's nine nine zero six seven five three so i should have said <laughs> you know nine point nine zero six seven five three is my uh did you write that down in case that was going to be one of andrew's questions <laughs> it's, it's, it's in a picture up here okay <laughs> but no i was actually looking for it but i mean that would have been an interesting uh bonus question for sure yeah yeah yeah, or because uh, I, I was expecting, like, what was the tail number on Jacques' plane? Or right. Like that, well, know? Jacques' plane, yeah, I know that one for sure. Uh, but on the on the flying wing, I don't know if there was a special number for that one. But, yeah, OBCPO is on uh, Jacques' plane. I love that I just have started this game uh, really <laughs> just to mess with you guys while you watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it works. It works. That's, that's I just, pretty I much the fact that they're referencing Star Wars. I mean, they don't. I don't think they reference Star Wars in last crusade but they do have a star wars actor in it but um because you got club obi-wan and temple of doom and then you get the star wars reference here in raiders so it's kind and of there's a, there's a and of course wars. uh c3po and r2d2 are in the well of souls as well they're hieroglyphics yeah yeah, yeah. well and that's fine that's yeah, a, that's i mean fine. isn't it also didn't they also isn't this the the egypt scenes isn't that tunisia where they also did star yeah. wars yep no yeah. Uh-huh. yeah everybody got sick but spielberg because he ate spaghettios <laughs> local food he had yeah, canned food yeah and that's yeah. of course and i mean i think we all know you know harrison ford was sick and that's how we got the the swordsman gag i mean it's just yeah. amazing how you just you got to make it up on the fly and he's like well i'm just gonna why can't i just shoot the guy i'm like oh great idea when when that scene happened i i paused the movie and explained the story to my son and he says 
you mean they were going to have a big fight scene? I said, yeah, they were going to have a big sword fight scene. And then they just, but he was sick. And so they just, he came up with this idea and did it. And my son's like, that's amazing. It was also about halfway through the movie before my son realized that that was Han Solo. Oh, really? And that's amazing. Yeah. Cause he does not look like, like typically what Harrison Ford character would look like. He's dirty. Yeah. He's tanned. He's not shaved. He, you know, really close cut haircut it's they made him look as different as possible from from yeah. han solo as they could they, they even the way he speaks it's very different the though one last thing i, I forgot I, I can't believe i forgot this also we were talking about kind of deus ex machina is like when they how convenient that the, the it spit them out right by the airport it was also super convenient that the sub never submerged yeah yeah yes. yeah and all that time at sea well, I mean, it, and, and there is a scene for that too that they shot, but of course they cut it out. Well, and it, He's and it to be makes holding on to the oh, uh, it's like the periscope, periscope or something. Yeah, there's an actual shot of them. He he holds on to the periscope as they're, and you can see it. You can actually see them um, uh, over top, of, like whether they do the map right to the island, oh, yeah. and then they have a wide shot as the subs going into the um, into the, into the base, harbor or whatever. and you can yeah. see he's holding on to the. The periscope on the wide shot That's but yeah they i thought how in the world i thought i always thought that when i you know when i was a kid that he actually got in somehow and yeah. he was dressed up as one of the the guys because one of the because the 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 commander the pilot the captain whatever sort of has that mm -hmm. Harrison Ford look to him. i thought oh that yeah. was him okay yeah but i always thought he got in somehow but yeah yeah because like this time it, you see him climb up to the sub and he's standing on like the conning tower and he's looking around like, what do I do next, right? Right. And then the, the scene just kind of fades into the map. And and I so my knowledge of things and how World War II, whatever, uh, that era, it, it makes sense that they never submerged, right? You know, they would be faster on the surface because they get to use their diesel engines and, and things yes. like that. And Commander Riker is now playing uh, Harrison Ford in Temple of Doom. That's That's... That's Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's very strange. Um, again, go watch our YouTube. Uh, or join our Discord. Sam will put all these pictures up in our Discord. Um, Man, I do look like Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> that is so bonkers. I look like old Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. <laughs> Just, if he, yeah, like, take a picture of me. This is Jonathan Frakes without hair. Yeah. How weird. <laughs> I mean, it looks awesome, right? I mean, it, it does. Looks, it, it looks that's, um, yeah. man. So that's what you've been doing for the past two hours? Uh, <laughs> last three or four minutes. Yeah. Like, he did that in about four or five that's minutes. Impressive for three minutes. Yeah. I send that to me. I love that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, this is me <laughs> as Jonathan Frakes as Indiana Jones. As Indiana Jones. <laughs> it is wow. it is bizarre. Like, because my first reaction was like, that's Jonathan Frakes. Oh no, wait, that's actually Eric. But that's Eric. Wow. Oh, I love Freaky. it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the sub doesn't need to submerge. That's the, that's the whole point. Right. Yeah. Uh, it would run faster on the surface. It'd run about 13 or 14 knots on the surface. It'd run about four underwater. So it makes sense why they don't, but still. Um, but then like the next scene when he's like in the cargo area, he's wet. Cause it, he, you know, he has to uh -huh. swim 
to get there. My son goes, my gosh, he's sweaty. Said, no, no, he was in the water. <laughs> he had to get into the water to get out. And he's like, oh. And then my son, it's so funny, like watching this through the eyes of a 10-year-old. By the way, a 10-year-old that actually knows more world history, World War II history, than probably a, a lot of American adults. And he says, Dad, why did the Nazis have to brand everything? Like, did mm. they really have to put a big banner while the, the – and I said – Yes, yeah. Declan, they were very proud of who they were, and they wanted everything to be Nazi everything. So, anyway. Yeah. And also the reason why the sub wouldn't have submerged, because they didn't need to. They were everything. We were, we were at peace. Everybody was, you know, still at peacetime. Right. All right. That's the movie. That's I have nothing more to say on this movie, except, Eric, please tell our listeners where they can find your show. Um, and... If you need, if you haven't listened to Eric's show, first of all, you should. Second, yeah. go to his YouTube channel. Like, just your intro graphic blew me away. I need to, I, I need to find out who your guy is because that was beautiful. So, it's, it's seriously, I, I'm not that good. It's just manipulating templates. So, you did, you uh, did that. You did that. Yourself? I didn't. I well, I, I, I took what, what, what I was given and then manipulated that into what I needed it to be. Yes. Oh well, it's it's really beautiful. So I, I we need to talk off air. Um, yeah, I want to I want an intro for the show for the YouTube. So tell us how to get to your stuff, though. Sure, uh, the easiest way is cinematicsound.net, or just look for Cinematic Sound Radio on your favorite podcatcher, and you'll you'll find our uh, you'll find our show. So a lot of great stuff uh, is up there. We got an interview with. Um, uh a biographer who wrote the book literally on max steiner and bernard herman and uh just an incredible guy his name is steve smith and just so knowledgeable and um but yeah there's always a lot of great stuff on there 10 different shows and i uh, hope you find something that you like make it so make it so that's right <laughs> They would, canceled, they would have canceled that show after one episode. <laughs> Although, you should put my face on Rikers as well. <laughs> weird. Eric, just so you know, you're the very first guest that we have ever photoshopped. Um, in I am honored. So, I am honored. Just, just you so you do know, this you from now on, because that's that's too funny. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right, guys. That's our show. Thank you all so much for, for listening. We are, of course, Cheap Seat Reviews. You can go to our website, cheapseatreviews.libson.com, or just Google us, Cheap Seat Reviews. Um, but the big thing I really want to push is go to our um, – join our Discord. It's uh, you know it's a growing little community there. We're having a good time. Sam will put up all his funny art that he makes <laughs> the episode. We have a whole channel in our Discord just for Sam's funny art. And uh, we go, we we know we talk about some movies and stuff like that. So come join our Discord. You can find the link to our Discord on our link tree or on Twitter. Uh, there you can find our link to our Discord. So come join us and have a good time. We'll we'll chat about things. Whew. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I really would like to hit a hundred uh, subscribers. You know, soon, eventually. Uh, that's where you can see our pretty faces and again, Sam's cool art. Along with just you know our our guests and whatnot, you can see what we look like. The power of YouTube. So go go you know, YouTube.com/slash/cheapseatreviews. It's as simple as that. 
That's it. That's our show next week. So I think uh, we were supposed to have. Uh, so we were supposed to do Nightmare on Elm Street three last week, but our our guest was sick and couldn't make it. So mm-hmm. we moved it to this coming week. This, this coming week. So next week we are doing uh, with Lindsay Washburn. We are having. We are doing Nightmare on Elm Street three. And I'm very excited to finally talk about this because Sam, this is your first time, and you've not seen yep. one or two, so that no. that makes this really interesting uh, to to do. So that's what we're doing next week. So I'm very excited on, on, to do that. Indiana so on Jones behalf of Raiders of the Lost Ark. of uh, of Andrew, Eric, and Bye. Sam, this is Sean saying thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next week. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.